0: So it first came down about 48 hours ago. Pete Dammel, veteran college football reporter, one of the best in the business, along with guys like Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, Brett McMurphy of Action Network, we'll get to him momentarily, and others. Um, but it was Pete Dammel mentioning that schools, particularly North Carolina and Virginia, Not the big three that were raising the biggest storm, according to most Florida State, Miami and Clemson, but North Carolina and Virginia are the ones that have been deemed coveted. And that's the word that he used, but coveted the most by the SEC and the Big Ten, which is really fascinating to think of because neither one of them have had sustained success when it comes to football. You hear us talk about it regularly here in the fast lane, but it's worth mentioning this again. And the reason being is, why in the world would those schools, to the novice person out there, or maybe even to folks like us who are pseudo-experts, know enough to be dangerous, if you will? Why in the world are Carolina and Virginia on the top of the wish list for those conferences? Well, for the Big Ten, it makes sense. They fit the academic profile. Sorry, SEC folks, but Big Ten traditionally is more academic-minded the whole AAU status, one of the certifications in terms of prestige for universities. Carolina and Virginia both clearly in that category. But they're also the biggest state schools in untapped regions that do have big fan bases. And that's one of the elements that comes in. Not to mention the recruiting footprint, which I think that part is overblown because for the most part, the best talent in football in particular has left Virginia over the last decade and in basketball it's been transient for the better part of two to three decades where the best players just go to the best schools and it moves around but football has increased the pace uh, of joining that particular approach so the reasons being one of them is the obvious that we outlined Carolina is the flagship school for North Carolina sorry Duke I know they're a big basketball brand but in terms of the school that resonates with people from that area the most It's North Carolina. Lived there for three years growing up. It's a while since then, but I still maintain family and friends in that area. And they continually reemphasize that. And Virginia Tech, yes, they've had success in football. Not to the level of Duke basketball, because they haven't won a championship, of course. Duke has won five. But Virginia Tech has had success in football. But they're not that same level of large state school. And where that comes into play the most, it makes sense why it's not something that may not gain a lot of attention, but inevitably why it is logical to make this presumption that according to Pete Dammel, UNC and Virginia are coveted by Big Ten and SEC schools. Well, if you're the flagship school, you have bigger alumni bases. And if you look at the SEC and the Big Ten, traditionally schools they've had in their conference. Save for Northwestern and the Big Ten and Vanderbilt and the SEC, by and large, they are all larger state universities. Carolina and Virginia, check those boxes. They also are schools that bring you a new area. The SEC and the Big Ten do not have a footprint in Virginia and North Carolina. And yes, the most important part, of course, being
1: dollar, dollar bills, y'all. As
0: our guy Kenny Powers from the HBO show or Max or whatever they're calling it these days, uh as he has always eloquently shared with us in the fast lane because the funny thing is Brett Murphy released the report earlier today he of action network and we had a great interview not on this subject but a great interview on just the overall outlook of college sports and it's up fast lane ed lane wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, check it out it was a couple of weeks ago but it's still a lot of topical and relevant information and insight but Brett Murphy released some interesting facts and that is, when you look at the top schools in 2020 2022 in 2022, athletic department revenue, according to USA Today Sports. Ohio State was number one on the list, followed by Texas, Alabama, Michigan, and Georgia. But going further down that list, believe it or not, a couple things stand out. One of the things that jumped out is this. Out of the top 13 schools on that list, they are all either Big Ten, SEC, or soon-to-be sec schools i'll put texas and oklahoma in the soon-to-be sec school category and the most intriguing part after that is who's afterwards because number 14 it's not florida state it's not clemson it's not going to be miami because miami is a private school and they don't appear on this list nor do schools like southern cal and notre dame but it's virginia Virginia is the top revenue-producing school in 2022 in athletic department revenue at $161.9 million. Slightly ahead of Florida State. Clemson checks in on that list, as does Louisville. No NC State, no Virginia Tech. It's those schools. Now, I still think there's value for NC State. Maybe Carolina wants to bring them together. Maybe it's Virginia Tech because Virginia brings them together. And if not, uh, clearly they'd find a home in. In the Big 12, if that's the conference that starts gobbling schools up. Or maybe these schools break off on their own. But that explains the coveted part. Virginia, that much prestige. And here's the comical part. All the schools we listed from schools 1 through 13, according to Brett McMurphy and USA Today, in their figures, in terms of 2022 athletic department revenue, they're all big state schools. Virginia is the first one outside of that list. And Virginia doesn't have much success on which to fall back. Heck, they don't even have that much rabidity to their fans, or rabidity, or however you would phrase it. They're not that rabid of a fan base in the most revenue-producing sport, football. I look back at 2019, the year they finally beat Virginia Tech, the one time they've beaten Virginia Tech in the last two decades, but the year they finally beat Virginia Tech. They didn't even sell out Scott Stadium for most of that season, including the Virginia Tech game. It was close to a sellout, as close as I've seen, but... They didn't sell it out. And that was the best run they've had. Think about what's happened over the course of the last decade outside of that. And even this past year, fan base that was already turned off by the way the Bronco Hall era ended with that ridiculous pass to the left tackle against Virginia Tech. Yes, I'll keep bringing that up as one of the worst play calls imaginable. Maybe not for you, Trey, because you're a Tech guy. Glorious in your eyes, I would say. It was interesting. Yes, you're being as diplomatic to Virginia fans as possible because you would... Ideally, probably do what you did when you were watching the game, which is, I would guess, laugh yep. at the play call. But 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 bigger picture y- you takeaway... You are missing
1: one one key part in this, I, but you can finish your point.
0: The, the, big, the bigger picture takeaway is there's enough prestige to Carolina and Virginia to make them attractable. They are big enough brands, and maybe they bring NC State in the case of Carolina and Virginia Tech in the case of Virginia along because of what legislatures would want to see happen. That's not going to happen. But I think it's less likely now than ever before. I think it's more about what you can bring. Now... Could I easily see a scenario where Carolina and Virginia go to the Big Ten and then the SEC wants to get in those conferences and they give Virginia Tech and NC State invites? I actually came in the reason being is, frankly, somebody's got to lose these football games that are being played. And Virginia clearly fits that description. They're already losing in the ACC. What makes you think it would be better in the SEC or the Big Ten where the competition gets more stiff? I don't think that's the case. But would they gladly take the checks so that they can continue to fund all the other successful athletic department programs they have? And there are a lot of them at Virginia Tech. Men's basketball, women's basketball is rising, lacrosse, obviously baseball with our coverage of the College World Series starting this Friday at one forty p.m. Eastern on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and preempting us Woo. this Friday and next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly Thursday because we're carrying the entire College World Series, including the Virginia Cavaliers. But Virginia cares about those sports. That's what you do. It is literally the premise, as they say on the Cover 3 podcast, of you take the checks and take the L's. In football, I don't even think Virginia, it matters to them. It's take the checks and the L's in football so that they can win and everything else, which is kind of how things have been largely for Virginia. But by and large, that's where this thing goes, and that's why Virginia and North Carolina are coveted. Now, there apparently are other reasons, Trey, that I am not including here, so... Well,
1: it's because they're elite academic universities, and you have to have that as a cover.
0: Can Can I blow the whistle on this partially? Can I, uh, I would say it, I'd buy it. For the that's big the team. PR.
1: It's called. Yeah, they're both AAU schools. Which, which I think Notre Dame has applied to be AAU school. So has Miami. So,
0: <laughs> so ah, to maybe yes. get some leverage. I mean, look, I'm as much of a Miami guy as anything, but nothing about their football program over the last. I don't well, think the SEC. You
1: don't have to be a AAU school to be in the SEC. Just, just based off of. Uh, the acceptance rate at some schools in the SEC. I mean, let's
0: just call a spade a spade. When it comes to the SEC, it's about winning football games and creating the best environment possible. Yeah. So, like,
1: I, UVA and North Carolina just feel like Big Ten. Like, if you're going to compare the two conferences, UVA does not fit in the SEC. know, Virginia, Virginia North Carolina. Fit North in the Carolina Big Ten. maybe. But no, Virginia, the way they like the tailgate, the way, the way they act, like, no. <laughs>
0: all right, Trey, so here's what I'm doing while you're talking. I'm drinking water, and nobody can see this analogy, but you get the gist of it. If I'm talking about NC State, look over here for a quick second. NC State would drink their water like Virginia Tech would, or drink their beer or their beverage of choice like Virginia Tech and the SEC would. They would drink it all five fingers on the glass. Meanwhile, Virginia and North Carolina are like the Big Ten schools. With the pinkies out. They have, out. yes, indeed, four fingers on the beverage glass, and that is the difference between the two. So from that perspective, 100%, and you know, I, I think if, if we're drawing this up, and I get this is all hypotheticals, I understand that you know everybody's looking for ways out of the grant of rights and nobody's found a way, and if they could have found out a way by now, they would have found a way out. But eventually, this is going to happen. I mean, if you're asking me what I would prefer to see from the, like, symmetry of sports, and let's be honest, nothing about college football makes any, or college sports in general makes any sense when it comes to symmetry, but you're right, Trey. The logical standpoint and the best fits would be North Carolina and Virginia going to the Big Ten, and then North Carolina State and Virginia Tech going to the SEC, and yes, I get the SEC would probably like to have the bigger schools and fan bases like North Carolina and Virginia but they could still get a presence in those areas and i mean let's be honest they get two more schools that are likely to take the check and take the l in football and, and i can see nc state and virginia tech being good but to me they're probably more along the lines of an Ole miss a mississippi state a an kentucky Arkansas, a i kentucky.
1: think a really good a kentucky would be the best like comparison especially to nc state and to virginia, virginia tech yeah
0: i mean the type of teams that are probably once in a blue moon gonna beat the blue bloods out of that conference They may beat the Blue Bloods in downtimes. Florida recently, Tennessee before this recent run, that type of thing. But they're not contending with LSU, Georgia, and Alabama on a regular basis. But they could win those other games, still be postseason eligible, assuming they're bowl games that are out there. And maybe things break right, and even you don't beat the big schools, but you have a really good year, and you get into the expanded 12, and I still maintain at some point will be a 16 team playoff because while they say they don't want to do it there is more
1: dollar dollar bills y'all that
0: can be collected by expanding and like any good business they will go wherever the
1: dollar dollar bills y'all
0: happen to be so yes that's the direction this thing is going speaking of
1: dollar dollar bills y'all if
0: you want to save those
1: dollar dollar bills y'all then
0: you need to visit insane radio deals.com you want to get a haircut you don't have to pay full price the Lotus Beauty Bar. We've got gift cards for them at insaneradiodeals.com. Also, at insaneradiodeals.com, there's more great items you can find, like Sequest of Lynchburg experiences. You need something to do with your kids over the summer, or your spouse needs something to do, or you both need something to do. Then head over to insaneradiodeals.com and get that as well. Plus, if you need to get yourself fit so that your body can look good whenever you head on vacation to the beach, InsaneRadioDeals.com, Crosswhite Athletic Club, individual, couples, and family memberships, all waiting for you at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now there are other topics that we get to address right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish, five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now number five so we didn't get to this earlier but notre dame quarterback tyler buchanan tyler buchanan who transferred to alabama this past offseason i think it says more about alabama and the concerns about that particular position than notre dame losing buchanan because they got wake forest transfer sam hartman and if you're telling me which one i'd rather have i would rather have sam hartman than buchanan it's amazing because as much talent as there is with alabama and they have accrued a lot and they will continue to get more talent in there Solving the quarterback situation and making it mesh with the offense actually has kind of been a challenge at certain points for Alabama. Bryce Young masked a lot of those issues that they had had previously, especially what he did last year with what I would say is still is an inferior offensive line, but is one that is talented nonetheless according to SEC standards. Not the ideal group of pass catchers that many have expected at Alabama, but yet Bryce Young masked that. Alabama is going to be better everywhere else this year because of that issue. But if you're talking about that move that we didn't discuss nearly as much as earlier, look, if I'm Notre Dame, I would rather have the Wake Forest transfer Sam Hartman than retaining Tyler Buchanan, which Notre Dame knew of when they elected to pursue Hartman himself. Number four. Governor Roy Cooper signing a bill into legislation, House Bill 347, that legalizes online sports betting across North Carolina. Did it suddenly become moral in that state? Just like a couple of years ago, it suddenly became more moral to bet on sports in the Commonwealth of Virginia? No, the restrictions that happen in certain areas over others and how that all plays out. It has nothing to do with morality, and it has everything to do with being packaged out by politicians in a way that they can not only deem support and get support from their voting constituent, but organizations that have a financial stake. And remember, North Carolina, is our good buddy, former Rowan Times columnist Aaron McFarling is often mentioned, but North Carolina, yes, they, in fact, have a casino down there with the Cherokee Indian tribe. There are interests that have to be preserved and protected, so navigating those is undoubtedly part of the process. Clearly, they've done enough with regards to that, at least in their eyes. Number three. You've heard all this smoke over the last couple of weeks. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, formerly of Clemson, most recently with the Cardinals and the Houston Texans before that. And Dalvin Cook, former Florida State running back, drafted by and played his entire pro career with Minnesota. Signing somewhere. Here's the thing, and in certain areas and maybe in Maryland where I'm traveling this weekend perhaps you can actually uh more easily access the ways that you can figure out what's going to happen and where these guys will end up signing Dalvin Cook Miami's the heavy favorite DeAndre Hopkins Tennessee and New England have been listed as the two biggest favorites here's why I would hold off on that unless you want to take a long shot flyer on someone by and large if those guys both want as much money as possible and generally players do they always care about following the money why not wait until training camp starts? Why not see which team experiences an injury? Because it will happen. Don't want it to happen, but it's the reality of football. But which team experiences some kind of injury that can prompt that to be heightened? Where all of a sudden, if you're a team like, oh, I'll just throw this name out there, the Dallas Cowboys, and you've got Tony Pollard, but there's not much depth behind it, and you think you're ready to win now, you may not pay Dalvin Cook big money now, but... If you suffer a big injury later on absolutely that changes things what about deandre hopkins there could be a team lurking in the weeds that if they have an injury at wide receiver all of a sudden finds a need for that type of player or younger players have not developed as quickly as possible if i'm hopkins and cook i certainly think they'll end up waiting because eventually they'll sign somewhere but preserve the wear and tear on your body and make the smart financial decision number two so according to sbj's ben fisher that's sports business journals ben fisher NFL owners have been told to reserve July 20th and August 8th as dates for possible league meetings. Why? Voila, the Washington Commanders. That might be when they finally approve the sale of the Commanders and the NFL has already told teams to block out those particular dates. Um, You start reading the tea leaves, and when it's Sports Business Journal reporting that, it seems to indicate this saga is finally on its way to being over we've known it's largely on its way to being over the sale of dan snyder's team to josh harris's group the washington commanders but now a little bit more clarity on when that could happen july 20th or august 8th because according to sports business journal nfl owners being told by the league to block up those dates for a possible league meeting where it is expected that they would discuss and approve the sale of the Washington Commanders officially. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. So Gideon Davidson, the running back top 100 recruit from LCA, Liberty Christian Academy, verbally committing today to the Clemson Tigers. So there are a number of things about this commitment that just stand out from a fit standpoint it makes total sense ohio state was on the list but they're more known for developing and best using wide receivers less with running backs i don't think travion henderson has quite been maximized and maybe that's someone on henderson and development of mayan williams their other running back injuries too Uh, yeah but it hasn't been the best run for henderson at ohio state Notre Dame was on his list. I understand it from a religious standpoint. I think Notre Dame does have more cachet, street appeal, if you will, with Marcus Freeman. But Harry Hestead who is one of their best offensive line coaches, kind of been in and out there in that particular unit. And therefore, the production and the provability of Notre Dame at offensive line to pave the way for running backs has popped up. Meanwhile, Clemson... I mean they've struggled offensively in recent years but they have a very good history of putting out running backs into the nfl most notably of course travis Etienne. but when you come from lca as well it's a faith-based school as we all know from them being in the backyard uh, or us being in the backyard with lca uh, being in lynchburg when out, out of the schools that gideon davidson was considering heck out of the schools in college football at a high level i don't know if you're gonna find many more that claim to be faith-based the way that Clemson is claimed to be that way under head coach Dabo Swinney he's open about his faith he doesn't hide it it's never something that's been disguised and if that's a big element which it clearly seems to be for Gideon Davidson and his family Clemson makes a lot of sense and I'll say I'll say this as well I've seen a number fortunately of future division one players and recruits I don't know if Davidson has the most athletic upside of all of them. I mean, it's kind of hard to top Tremaine Edmonds, who just got the $72 million contract with the Chicago Bears this past offseason. But, I mean, Gideon Davidson has very good athleticism, but his vision and patience for a high school running back is phenomenal. That was the thing that jumped out and impressed me the most. Not even a senior when I saw him last year, and his ability to be patient, wait for a hole to open up, allow it... Open and then boom, shoot right through it. That was really cool to see, and something that you don't often see at that level when you can combine that with athleticism. That's where the phrase instinctive comes into play. And to have football instincts the way Gideon Davidson does is noteworthy as well. And yes, I absolutely would find a way to get to Clemson as soon as possible if I'm him and to the league as soon as possible because the running backs are on that limited shelf life as we've seen with Dalvin Cook being released. With the difficulty of guys like Saquon Barkley and others getting long term contract extensions, and even guys like Tony Pollard, who's an offensive weapon, the Dallas Cowboys running back, all struggled to get that. Gideon Davidson, Clemson, I think, is a good fit, both culturally and skill set wise, but expecting them to stick around for a long time while ETN did it. Still not the route I would advise anyone to go. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. We'll move off of our what he said and what he meant segment regarding the NCAA president, Charlie Baker, who has been speaking up towards Congress. When we return in the fast lane, a first half overview from the first half of the NASCAR season. Bobby Labonte, cup champion, Hall of Famer, and NASCAR on Fox analyst will give us his overview How many teams are legitimate championship contenders? That and more here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network.